two Laker games, and what did we learn? Who's to say? This is Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm JP Chunga. Andre Karolinko, AK-47, joins us today on our 100th episode. We made it through 100 of these. I was texting back with a friend, about 100, and he texted back, that's cute that you're still labeling these. You still have episode numbers on these. Hopefully you'll get to a point where you don't need those. We're not there yet. But a good talk with a former jazz man, 10 years, all-star in his time, bridge the gap between Stockton and Malone to a current version of the team with Darren Williams, Mehmet Kerr, and Carlos Boozer. He's the president of basketball for Russia. So you want to stick around to hear what he thinks about that job. AK, good talk with him. Podcast brought to you by Bailey's Moving and Storage. We move you every step of the way, near or far, big or small, Bailey's Moving and Storage. So quick just off the top, because I was thinking about this watching the Clippers-Blazers game last night. I got to tune into this one because one of these teams may end up playing the Jazz in the playoffs. They might be in the same bracket as a Trailblazers or Clips. And Dame's not on the floor. Kawhi's not on the floor. Not going to translate to the postseason. So I'm watching, but okay, this isn't as realistic as what you're going to see come late May. And then I watched some of the post game for Jazz Lakers, and that was a question somebody asked. And I know we can use critical thinking when we watch those games that not going to translate to the postseason. Irsan Ilyasova going supernova and blocking Kyle Kuzma into oblivion might not happen in the playoffs. They didn't have LeBron and AD. Utah didn't have Donovan Mitchell. And in the other previous meeting, Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis as well. It's not going to translate. It's not the same team that you're going to be playing. Hmm, what's the Heat remake going to look like without Al Pacino and De Niro? I mean, it's just not translatable, okay? And we can be smart enough to say that and realize that the Lakers are a flip-the-switch team when it comes to the playoffs and when they get their players back. They didn't even have Marc Gasol. So let's just turn the brains on for a second here. And then another thought just on the Dwayne Wade ownership stake, thinking how cool it was to watch NBA on TNT and see that D. Wade has a stake in the jazz, and he's on one of the biggest shows. His relationship with Donovan, well-documented, and Dwayne means winning to Miami. When you think heat, heat culture, it's Dwayne Wade and what he was able to do there three times, just three times when he was a player in Miami did they miss the playoffs. And for Donovan, he comes in this team after Gordon Hayward and he immediately goes to the postseason, duels it out with Russ Westbrook and Paul George. He means winning for this team. It's different from what Rudy means, which he's seen a lot of losses. He's a testament to the development program, to doing what you can do, staying in a lane of success. Rudy is a development project that went through the rebuild, and saw it culminate with the team that they have now. Donovan lands on the scene, and he immediately wins. He's a two-time All-Star. He can go 
for that same thing that Dwayne means to Miami, where he is the ultimate winner across all sports. Winning in Miami is synonymous with Dwayne Wade. Before we get to AK, courtside call, Craig Bolajak catches up with Frank Layden. That's a convo that won't put you to sleep. Check it out. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts, utahjazz.com, jazz app. It's there, going to be up tomorrow. One thing I ask, you know what it is. Five stars, nice reviews, that's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast, this one and Courtside Call. AK-47, Andre Kirilenko. He is the first president of Russian basketball that we've had on the podcast, and we get into that, but AK, just to put him into context a little bit, one of those players in franchise history, I think that there's anything unassailable about that. He is Mr. 5x5, five five, but his last one was my favorite. He's just one of two players to ever have multiple 5x5 five five games. His last one happened in January of 2006. He goes 5x6, five, five categories, at least six in each category. So he went 14 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, seven blocks, six steals. Him and Akeem Olajuwon are the only ones with multiple 5x5 five five games. AK started with Stockton Malone. He's the connective tissue between those two eras. He saw losing. He saw winning. He was on the last team to go to a Western Conference Finals. AK has the right perspective to talk about this team. And he gets into a little bit about the current team. But first, I want to start off with asking about his former teammates. Who made him better T? John Amici or Mehmet Kerr? Please enjoy Andre Karolinko. When it comes time to move, it's always a hassle. Loading everything in the truck, hoping the priceless antique from your mother doesn't break, and trying to juggle the kids and dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The friendly, background-checked movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move your family across town or even around the world. So when it's time to move, think Bailey's Moving and Storage. Call today at 801-218-2640 or check them out online at baileysallied.com. say Memo because uh, because Memo was my neighbor and uh, I I know him a little bit closer than, than uh, John Amici because I played uh, shortly with, with John and Memo he was my teammate uh, for many years and uh, he was my neighbor for many years so any any uh, day off I can expect him to sit in my in my kitchen and uh, bring in Turkish Turkish tea and Turkish delight. Okay, what what is Turkish tea and Turkish delight? What does that taste like? Uh, uh, Turkish tea is like a tea in a little cup, uh, like very very flavored. And uh, Turkish delight is like I don't even know how it calls in 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 in, uh, in America. It's like a, those kind of uh, sweets with a okay. with, with a with a nuts with a different like a jellos. Uh, well, it tastes good. You have to like go online, go online and check Turkish Delight. You will see exactly what it is. <laughs> we'll ask Memo when it's he's hard on to describe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Two great teammates, and then obviously you played with John and Carl at the beginning of your career. What do you miss about being in the locker room now that you reflect on your career? 
uh, I actually I, I learned a lot from those two guys uh, because uh, you know being being a great players uh, this goes you know I'm, I'm, no questions about that but they they really present uh, as a two different examples like Carl was very vocal strong uh, leader uh, always being on topic always being loud about any decision and uh, John was very opposite like very quiet very uh, leading by example you know uh, being the guy who even at age of 40 been running one of the fastest in the team and uh, leading everybody by showing okay look I'm 40 years old and I'm doing it like you have to do it too but he never saying that but but he always like put you in a position like ah you know what i have to follow this example so uh i think this is the biggest thing that i learned from them and uh i definitely miss uh those times when you're in a locker room you know like all the stories and all the preparations before the game um, after practices uh a lot of fun what were those practices like with Carl, who is so huge, and then John, who is small but still dominating the game. What were those practices, the competitiveness in there? Now, I had a lot of fun, but uh, with Carl and John, it was my first two years in the league. And of course, when I uh, came in, you know, in my first year, I was a little bit shy. And uh, those practices were, you know, like, I still remember those because uh, when, you're on, when you're on the floor, and you see those two guys, you know, who's uh, in a dream team, who is uh, like two legends, uh, two probably the most experienced players in the league. Uh, you're trying to pick it up after them. Uh, but again, being big or small, it doesn't matter. You just look at them like a, like two living legends around you. And uh, of course, uh, uh, playing with them, uh, practicing with them, and Jerry, of course, uh, it's, it's a unique experience. And I think... Uh, at that time, I was I was appreciating it hundred uh, percent. What did you learn about yourself coming into the league from Russia to where you leave the Jazz, where you're a fully formed man by the end of that? Uh, I felt like I was a pioneer at that time because, again, like you said, uh, coming from Russia, from a different uh, environment. Uh, different culture. Uh, it, it was a huge challenge for me, not only uh, playing basketball, but it was a challenge uh, from the living standpoint because uh, it was my first time when I was outside the country for so, for so long. Uh, different uh, mentality, different uh, lifestyle, uh, different city. Uh, because uh, before I was, you know, I, I was playing in Moscow, and it's a huge city. Now uh, coming to the smaller more family environment it's 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 a different adjustment uh but i'm but i'm happy that uh i have this i had this, that experience and uh at uh, this point at this point i can say uh utah salt lake city uh, became my home uh, it's it's my home away from home <laughs> and i still feel this way what was it playing through not only the end of john and carl but going through rebuilding years where you guys lost a lot, but then getting the highs of reaching that conference finals? Uh, I never really look uh, at my career from the point of uh, winning or losing because 
uh, I think, and you know, majority of my years uh, was with Jerry. Uh, with Jerry Sloan, you never, uh, even with uh, when we have a bad seasons, we never felt like, okay, this is the season we have to lose uh, to get a draft pick. Uh, no way. He would he would come to the practice. He would come to the game with a set of mind that we have to win every single game. It doesn't matter if you're playing good or bad. This is the this is the night you have to win, and uh, you know uh, I always feel this way. I always felt like you know for almost 800 games uh, I played in my career, like every single one of them, we we come to win. What was Jerry and Phil like to play under? It's actually a great example, and you know when we always uh, talk about Jerry, sometimes we forget about Phil Johnson, uh, just because he was a second coach or assistant coach. Uh, you always like kind of you, you have a head head coach in the spotlight. But uh, I'm telling you that the the achievements uh, Utah Jazz have with Jerry, 50% of it is Phil Johnson, for sure. Uh, you know, he, he and I, th- I think it's a great example when Carl and John played together. Same with Jerry and Phil. Uh, Jerry was a vocal leader, like very uh, hard, uh, very uh you know, like disciplined oriented and Phil Johnson was way opposite, quiet, very intelligent, uh, knowing a lot of uh, uh, strategies and tactics. Uh, if I can relay, like when, when Jerry was fined or suspended or he wasn't with the team for some reason, uh, I have a feeling that Phil won all of them. <laughs> I don't know what's the st- statistic you have to check but it was so so much fun to play with him as well. But it, but again, uh, as I said, they they two made a perfect combo. You know, when they when they've been together, they always kind of uh, soothe each other, <laughs> or like make a great addition to one another. What was Phil like when he would take over for Jerry if Jerry got kicked out of a game? Did things change when he went from assistant <laughs> to the head coach of the team? Uh, I think the whole team was feeling like, like a relief, but at the same time, uh, I felt like sometimes we lack of that constant pressure. Okay. You have to have this pressure. So, so it's always been like, oh, it's very nice, but you feel like you, you lack in something. And then when the, when, when the Jerry returns, you feel like, okay, this is the full package right now. And I, th- I think they kind of neutralize each other in this case, at this point. <laughs> was there a, a memorable, way, memorable time that Jerry got kicked out that even made you laugh? Every single one of them was fun. Like every time when Jerry was uh, in a situation that he was like fined or suspended, uh, kicked out of the game, it was so fun because of the reaction. And again, I can only tell from my standpoint because uh, in the duration of my career, I've always been calm. And it's, it was very hard to kind of uh, get me to get a reaction, especially with the referees. And he was like a, uh, like a matches. Like one moment, <laughs> he's like, he's out. He's, he's going all out. And it was so fun to watch this. and like, okay, he, th- this is not the situation. But he was so involved and so emotionally invested in the game. Uh, so he couldn't really hold it. <laughs> Current coach Quinn Snyder has those moments, but it, I wouldn't say that it's the, at the same level of, of what a Jerry Sloan does. 
what do you make of this uh, this year's team with the Jazz revolving around Donovan, Rudy, Mike Conley, and all the likes? Uh, again, as I said, uh, it's, I think it's a good combination right now when you have a, a veteran guys who knows how to play basketball, the guys who who's in the prime time, and the younger youngsters, uh, and the coach and talent as well. So it, it, everything is there. So uh, again, the Utah Jazz at this point have all the tools uh, to be a number one in the league. But at the same time, on this level, there's so many good teams. And uh, Lakers playing well, uh, Clippers playing well, uh, uh, Philadelphia this season, uh, Milwaukee with Giannis. I mean, uh, uh, Brooklyn, uh, a lot of teams who's, who has a talent to win it all. And uh, Utah is one of them, but again, uh, other teams, especially like Lakers, they had a, they had experience uh, to play to already playing in the final. Uh, Utah, uh, they didn't play. Or oh, those guys uh, who's in the team right now, they they don't have this experience. So it's a process. It's a process of winning the games together and kind of moving uh, step by step into the biggest games uh, of the career. What do you think takes that process? Because you went through it with with that team that you were on that made the conference finals, mm -hmm. even the next year you went uh, another round in the playoffs. What is that process that takes for playoff basketball? It's, it's just the, it's just the experience of winning and losing in important games. Uh, again, last year it was a first round, uh, I think seven game series Denver, right? This was first round. Yep. Uh, am I correct? Uh, but, but, but you were very close, very close. And I think from the standpoint of talent, uh, Utah and Denver on the, on the same level at this point. Uh, and again, uh, that's why it took seven game series. That's why it, why it took almost, uh, it, it came almost to the last shot. Imagine playing seven game series coming to the last shot and uh, you miss the shot. I mean, this, this, you play another game, you're gonna win. You play another game, you're gonna lose. Then another game, you're gonna lose. Yeah, then you're gonna win. So it's, it's like a lottery. Uh, it's not really showing, uh, okay, this team is really stronger than this team. So it's just a lottery uh, at this point. So I think uh, more games you play, more you learn, and you know less mistakes you made in those kind of games. So that's, that's why we call it experience. That's why you call it like more game you play at this level, at this intensity, the more less mistakes you're going to make, more chances you're going to win those games. Mentioned before with the TV, about the international flavor on this team. Rudy from France, Boyan from Croatia, and the influence on the NBA. What have you seen since you joined the league to where we are now, where so many Europeans and, and the global game of basketball is influencing the NBA? Uh, that's true. And if you take a look around the league, Yanis from Greece, uh, Luca from Slovenia, uh, I think in about 94, Five to 2000, it started. Uh, a lot of international talents uh, start coming to the league. And at this point, I can't imagine NBA without international players. Uh, I think it really uh, blossoms because, uh, as I said, like different countries brings uh, different flavors uh, and uh, different style of basketball to the league. Because, uh, again, growing up in, in Europe, uh, we see it every time because Spain, they play in fast basketball, a lot of transitions. Like 
a Lithuanian guys, they play in like very smart basketball with a lot of like technical details. Uh, French players always been very athletic. Uh, Italian guys always been known for the, you know, shooting the ball well. It's, it's interesting, like when you, when you see the, uh, those players come to NBA and they really represent those, those styles. Again, there's a lot of exceptions, but uh, if you take a look, uh, like a gener general style of the game, especially growing up uh, with the kids that uh, youth, you can see and you can relate to this. Uh, it's so interesting to see, like even uh, like, for example, like Serbian basketball, they always been known, uh, even the tall guys, they know how to play with the ball. And you can see like Jokic right now uh, becoming like one of the best uh, centers in the league, you know, being able to pass, shoot, uh and you know do he can do almost everything with the ball uh same like with the french like uh rudy playing so well he's very athletic long uh playing uh one of the key uh positions uh for the jazz being a key uh factor defensively so then with president ak-47 what is the russian style what are you trying to impart on on your federation uh, I think I think uh, and you know the, what I what I've seen over the years Russian style of basketball is very all around like we we are, we know how to play in every position we know how to play uh, uh, well as a team starting from defense to offense but sometimes we're not good in particularly like let's say shooters like we're not really shooters we're not really dribblers we're not really rebounders uh, but we can do all of those things. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm start looking back on uh, different players, and it's true, like we, we always been uh, known by uh, a lot of players who play almost in every position. Okay. Who are some names to watch for in the Russian program, men's and women's, that you're, you're really high on? Well, uh, right now we have about like six guys who's playing in the, in the universities right now in, in the States, uh, in Gonzaga, uh, actually one of the guys, he didn't play much right now because he's a freshman, uh, but he's definitely a guy to watch. Uh, his name is Pavel Zaharov. He was with Gonzaga, he was with the Zags in the final and unfortunately lost. A uh, uh, couple of guys who are playing in the Russian league, uh, it's Nikita Mikhailovsky, he's playing in the Russian league. Uh, from the girls, uh, we have uh, two girls who's playing right now for the national team. It's Maria Vadeva. She was playing for, uh, for Sparks. Uh, not last year because of the COVID, but the year before that. And uh, Raisa Musina. They were actually two benefactors uh, about four years ago when they won the World Cup for the, uh, for the youth, beating U.S. team in the final. Sorry, guys. But you've been dominating <laughs> long enough. At least one year led us to win it. Thank you. And uh, another girl, uh, she's 16 years old. Uh, her name is Kosu, Anastasia Kosu. She's very, she's a very gifted girl as well. Is the future bright for Russian basketball? Uh, I hope so. You know, I'm doing my best uh, to see uh, more and more kids uh, who can develop into the good players. So we cross across our fingers. <laughs>
we will have our fingers crossed here in Salt Lake because of you, AK47, Andre Kirilenko, on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. AK, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much, and go Jazz. Thank you.